Welcome to the healing art of being you. Today, Chelsea and Allison sit down for a conversation about radical responsibility, a belief rooted in the fact that we are entirely and completely in control of our experience in life. Having radical responsibility means taking ownership of your emotions, recognizing the part that you do play in circumstances outside of your control, and waking up to your own life. This episode also marks the end of our first season with you. And before we wrap up, we'll share a little bit of our own experiences within this podcast and what kind of magic we'd like to cultivate in season two. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, welcome everyone to the Healing Art of Being You podcast. This is our season finale and we are super excited to join you and really celebrate the brilliant wonderful stories that we have been able to share with you this season and talk about some of our favorite takeaways and practices that have really been highlighted throughout this work. So we are super excited Mm -hmm. today. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're also excited to kind of discuss with everybody about what to expect in the upcoming season, what is going on during our break, um, and share a little bit about some radical responsibility that people can take away with them in our time off and start working on that so that we can all just kind of have a really awesome start next season. Absolutely. Yes. So radical self-responsibility. This is a concept that is new to any of you listeners out there. It is the concept that everything within your experience in your life is your responsibility 100%. It's the idea that all of the trials and tribulations that you've been through, all of the emotions and beautiful beautiful moments within your life that you have experienced that have been full of sadness, pain, heartache, and growth have ultimately been for you and you have control over your reality. And so this is something that was introduced to me specifically during this entrepreneurial journey, Mm -hmm. um, working with a business coach that we both hold very dear to our hearts. Um, And something that has been hugely impactful in my own journey coming from a place of trying to heal codependency, very much healing the need to serve others without serving myself first and, and identifying where my energetic boundaries were actually doing myself a disservice, even though they were coming from good intentions and coming from a place of compassion and support for others that it was doing myself a disservice and actually impacting my relationships with others negatively as a result. So, Allison, how have you seen radical self-responsibility? Like, what is your take on it? So... What I think about with radical responsibility is the fact that, like, what happens to us when we are children and growing up and things like that, that's not, that that's, we don't have a ton of control over that, right? Mm-hmm. What we do with that as adults, that is our responsibility. So if we, for example, grew up in an environment that was not overly supportive, or was dangerous, or you suffered some, or you had to experience some form of abuse or something like that, you can't, that's not your fault. You didn't do something wrong to ask for that to happen to you. But as you become an adult, 
and you start to recognize that like, okay, I can see where some of these coping mechanisms came into play from childhood. I can see how I did the best I could possibly do as a child, but now I'm an adult and I'm not choosing to change that. Now, this is your responsibility. Like if you're choosing to stay in those patterns, that's your responsibility to change. And you don't have to have a really hard upbringing in order to have things you want to change when you get older. You can have incredibly supportive parents, a great group of friends, supportive teachers, all of those types of things, but then you had that one lunch lady who said something mean to you that one time that just stuck, and then you were embarrassed and you were scared about what was said, and then you carried that with you, and now you're afraid to like initiate interactions with people, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody has stuff that they can work on. And the question is, is whether or not you choose to recognize that as an adult, everything that's happening to you during adulthood is your responsibility in both the positive and the negative, the things you desire and the things you don't desire. We are bringing those into our lives based on how we are interacting with the world. And if we look around and we say, you know what, I like don't totally love what's going on right now and you can't figure out what it is that you're doing, that is a fantastic opportunity to be working with a counselor, therapist, coach, listening to podcasts, reading books, all those types of things to figure out, okay, what is the coping mechanism that I'm actually using right now? Where did that come from? And how can I reparent myself or whatever technique it is that feels good in your own body, in your nervous system, that feels safe for your nervous system in order for you to see the environment differently and respond differently so that you can break out of that mold, you know, like if you're looking at things and things aren't working, then what you're doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. Don't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Right. You know, because you were told that was the right way. Exactly. Or this was what you, your, you thought mm -hmm. was the right way. Or if it was the only thing that was shown to exactly. you, you know, yeah. and like having, having access to learn these things is so much easier now than it was for our parents' generation. Oh, I mean, so like, much. this type of stuff was, like, exclusive to elite people who, like, had the money, had the resources to go out and, like, work with gurus who could teach them these things, right? right? And before that, I mean, who even knows? Like, incredibly right. niche. Like, people, it was just, you didn't have access to it. Right. Now, I mean, through YouTube, Instagram, tons and tons of books. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's out there talking about how to make improvements. If you're choosing not to do it, that's on you to choose. Um, and so my biggest, most recent moment of radical responsibility, because there's a lot of them, you know, honestly, for me, radical responsibility is just taking ownership for the things that are going on in my life, you know, where if I, so like, there was, a, there was an experience that I had, you know, a while ago where I had hired somebody for my clinical practice, mm -hmm. and it did not end the way that I would have liked it to have ended. The issue would have, it would have been very easy for me to blame this other person for being all of these things, mm -hmm. right? And when really when I reflect back on it, it was, okay, Allison, you did not set proper expectations. You did not 
provide training on the things that were actually important to you. You provided training on things that you thought you should provide training on because you'd seen other people do that, but you didn't actually provide training on the things that were truly important to you. You did not confront uncomfortable expectations or uncomfortable conversations when they arose because you were trying to be open-minded and not ruffle any feathers instead of saying, you know what? That doesn't really align with what's going on, with what I'm trying to do here. Mm -hmm. So as I looked back on that, it was easy for me to see, okay, while I would, my nervous system would love for me to blame this other person, right? That would be the best. Like, oh my gosh, they're the worst, blah, blah, blah. And that's not the case. Mm -mm. They're, They're a wonderful human being that responded in a stressful environment the same way that anybody would, and it ended poorly, but it would have never gotten to that point had I not done the things that I had done. And when I look back and I was like, okay, I could stop there and say, okay, well, I didn't do these things. Well, then the question is why, mm-hmm. why didn't I do those things? Okay. Well, if I'm feeling, you know, I was unsure of myself I was a new business owner. I'd never been in management before. I didn't want to make anybody mad. I was still in people pleasing. Mm -hmm. I was in this new world of like trying to be super open-minded for people, but also not super great at setting my own boundaries. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, now that I can respect the fact that like I had a very active role in this as well, although it was not conscious, right? Right. I can now go and I can grow from that and I can say, okay, if I am lacking confidence in this, if I am lacking um, the ability to set boundaries, if I am lacking in any way, who is it that I want to work with to help me with this? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like I like podcasts and I like coaches. Those are the things that really resonate with me. Talking these things out is way better for me than reading books. I definitely am that like reread the same paragraph 95 times and end up falling asleep. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me, right? Audiobooks, I'm great with. Um, but that's kind of how, and I do the same thing in parenting as well, you know? Yes. Like when I sit here and I recognize like... Okay, the entire family is like escalated right now. That's a massive That's spider. That's a massive spider. Okay. Sorry, everyone. Um, so this we'll get. I'm gonna get it. Don't worry. Let's just put a. It's fine. Let's just put it's fine. something over it. I'm gonna get the cup and I'll get this guy outside and everything will be fine. Thank you. No problem. are your own responsibility Mm -hmm. and choosing to allow others Mm -hmm. to have the space to believe what they believe and not have your emotions be activated as a result of it Mm -hmm. is really difficult. It is really difficult. difficult. So difficult. difficult. And like, so for me, this, this past week when I was on vacation with my parents and my fiance, it was a huge exercise in radical self-responsibility for me mm-hmm. because I was an anxious mess. Mm-hmm. We'll be the first, I'll be the first to say it. We got there early. 
my fiance was on vacation vibes. Mm -hmm. He was having a blast, mm -hmm. which ultimately, for some reason, was irritating my soul. <laughs> right? Because the nerve. The nerve. The nerve of him to not be as anxious and stressed out. Which right. So because nothing gets done if one of you is not anxious, right? Right. Like like somebody has. Somebody we can't has both be, be enjoying ourselves right. here. Somebody has to be the one. Yes. Literally, and even what's hilarious about you saying that mm -hmm. is every time I've recounted the story, mm -hmm. that's what the counterpart says. It's like, well, yeah, somebody has to be. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to take yeah. the lead, right? So this, I was the one. And my parents arrived. They they came. They arrived at the condo, and the, the anxiety in me had very much been like about him being in vacation mode and all of the things that he was feeling and experiencing and the anxiety and stress that I felt in trying to make sure that everyone was having a great time. Mm -hmm. Everyone felt seen and heard and, and got what they needed and that, you know, that, that my parents felt welcome and, and, um, that it was, it was all going to go be okay, mm -hmm. right? And so I was a disaster. Mm -hmm. I was super anxious. I was super stressed out. Matt and I were at each other's throats. And he's like, I don't know what your problem is. I'm having a great time. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be fine, right? And I'm like, you don't understand. This vacation's going to be awful. Like, I just, uh, uh, all the things. Okay. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> My parents get there. We're all at the condo. Everything's great. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a good time. The night continues. We order pizza. It's still everyone laughing and everyone having a good time. At one point, my dad, at one point, Matt was being so excited and loud about golf on TV that my dad was even like giggling and like, shh. And that moment was huge for me to see like how much joy was happening and how much truly like connection and bonding and, and everyone was having a great time and I was the one mm -hmm. that was all stressed out about it, right? And in that moment, do you think that the narration that was going on inside my head was, I'm the problem? Absolutely not. It was, Matt's too drunk. How dare we have so much fun? How dare we get vacation started this early, right? Just in general, it being like, you aren't seeing how stressed I am about the situation. You're the problem. Mm -hmm. So even us, right, even the ones who say or who are giving the advice to others, we're human. Mm -hmm. We have human moments. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful opportunity for me to see mm -hmm. that the work that I have been doing mm -hmm. on this radical self-responsibility, that I've made progress and that I still have room to grow mm -hmm. and, and, and room to evolve in that because identifying that my emotions were all over the place because I wasn't worried about my emotions. I wasn't focused on myself and identifying that I had control over my reality in that moment, mm -hmm. that I was the one that could have taken a moment, that could have been like, hey, you know what? You keep doing what you're going to do. You have fun. You go play pool. You go to the bar. You do whatever you need to do. And I'm going to go sit at the beach real for a second mm -hmm. and find my peace because mm -hmm. I'm dysregulated. I didn't do that. I was too much in the in throes of everything going on. And so it wasn't until that night that I was able to realize, like, mm, my bad. My bad. <laughs> so sorry. So sorry. Exactly. And so then for the rest of the week, I was able to practice my beliefs mm -hmm. and truly be in that energy of self where I was able to 
be in control of my own reality and my own emotions and experience of what was going on and foster that for other people as well because when we talk about radical self-responsibility codependency goes hand in hand with this in the sense that often we have codependent relationships with people that we don't realize it and the definition of codependency is basically that I'm not okay unless you're okay and so these three people my fiance my mother and my father being the closest to me these are people that have been the most difficult for me to release that codependent nature with Mm -hmm. and to fully stand on my own and identify that that codependency the fact that I could not be okay unless they were okay was doing me a disservice Mm -hmm. and was also doing them a disservice because if I was focusing on their emotions and I was trying to deal with all of their stuff they're not going to be able to deal with it. If I'm taking all their energy, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to actually mm-hmm. have that moment and, and, and identify what's going on within themselves. And it's actually the kindest mm-hmm. thing to permit them the ability to do so. Yeah, because you're robbing them of an experience to get to know themselves if you try to manage everybody else's things. You're doing exactly. them a disservice. We see it a lot of times in parenting, too. Mm-hmm. The the helicopter parenting, the wanting to protect your kids, this, this fallacy in parenting of wanting to protect your kids from anything that happens. If things don't happen in your children's lives, they don't learn how to process those things. They don't learn healthy ways to express anger, healthy ways to express sadness, healthy ways to express excitement. You know, mm-hmm. like when... When we were in college, like, my husband, like, he would get very excited. Like, when he was in a good mood, he would do, I mean, he would be, like, physically very excited. Like, mm-hmm. I would be, and I'm a pretty big girl. Like, I'm a pretty strong girl, and I played, you know, sports my whole life and stuff like that. I wasn't, like, a dainty, petite thing. And, like, I woke up one morning with, like, bruise, a handprint bruise on my forearm because like, I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to bed. He was hanging out with his friends and he was having such a good time. He's like, Oh, come here. And he like grabbed my arm and pulled me and gave me this big bear hug. He's like, Oh, I love you so much. And then, you know, gave me this wonderful kiss and he's like, okay, I'll see you in a little bit. And it was like this super, super loving moment, but he was so jazzed that he grabbed me so hard that I had, a, I'm like, if people were not witnessing what had happened, there would be a very different story that could be told right now Absolutely. about what's going on. And so like, just because he had never been regulated in like, hey, with excitement, you still need to check your body. You still need to like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how many, like we've seen professional athletes who get hurt in celebration okay. because they're so excited that they so don't control their bodies, you know? And so it's just this ability as parents taking radical responsibility for yourself and teaching that to your children so that they can learn to process emotions, they can learn the experiences that they need to learn in life so that they can handle them independently when they are adults. It's very hard to sit here and watch your children struggle. Nobody, No parent wants to do that. But if you can recognize that they're, they're doing it with your supervision, with your assistance. It was like, um, I, I, again, this is one of those quotes that has stuck in my brain forever, and I wish I could say who it was that told me this, but it was to let kids do dangerous things safely, you know? Yeah, let yes. them climb on stuff and be near them, sure, but don't be hovering right underneath them. Don't be helping them up everything. Let them figure out what their physical body can do, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in the emotional world. Let them handle emotions 
independently with your support. And then that way they can start to reflect and see what's going on here. So like, with parenting in our house, if everybody's getting really escalated and everyone's got like, how, how do I have three children crying right now? Like what happened? You know, yeah. but then I can sit there and I can say, okay, well, I have been intolerant. I have been, um, like snippy with people because I went from patient to patient to patient to patient today. And what I should have done was to schedule a carpool so that they could get to their practice by them, like with another parent. And I could have 20 to 30 to 45 minutes by myself Mm -hmm. to de-stress from the day. Mm -hmm. There's not much I do in my day that I don't actively love, but that doesn't mean that I don't get drained. Right. So here I historically may have been like, Oh my gosh, these kids drive me crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Like Mm -hmm. all this anger because this one is crying and that one's yelling at that one. And then they're hitting this one and whatever the case is, that environment that's on me. That's radical responsibility, recognizing I did not put boundaries in place to say I am going to need to de-stress from seeing eight patients today and seeing patients from like 6 a.m. until 5 p.m. And if I leave straight from that to go run carpool and not get home until 8.30 at night, I'm going to be a monster. Mm -hmm. So what I need to do instead is I need to say, okay, Call up my friend, can you take the kids to soccer today? Call up my neighbor, hey, can you know, can our youngest stay at your house while the boys are at soccer for 30 minutes until I get home? And that way I'm not rushing around and I'm able to be like, okay, down train, set my boundaries, and then I can even let my kids know, hey guys, I've had a super long day today. If you guys could just try a little bit harder for some extra compassion for each other, a little bit of extra um, understanding with each other. And if you need time to yourself, just be very open and honest about it. And I will make sure that you get that time for yourself and I'll step in. And now everybody kind of knows like, okay, we sort of need, we need our space, whatever the case may be. And now we can have a much different evening Mm-hmm. If I take the radical responsibility and appreciate the impact of how I treat myself drastically affects the people around me. And if I don't want an environment where everybody is escalated and crying and upset, and then it's just like, oh my God, just get to the end of the day. This is terrible. Then that's on me. That's on me. Because they, their children, they are still learning this. I cannot expect my children to have more emotional responsibility than I have. Mm-hmm. They cannot have more emotional awareness than I have. If I'm upset and irritable, how in the world am I going to expect that they're not going to act the same way? Right. right? Because then what happens is you get children who are afraid to express their emotions because they're people pleasing their parents because they're trying to emotionally regulate their parents, yeah. which we have seen in many, 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 many people. And it's a thing that we have to really drastically unlearn. Absolutely. But that's and kind of how radical results People don't always see it, right? No. People don't always see it. That you, you don't have to come from a household that what, like you said in the beginning, that had in insanely difficult trauma, mm-hmm. right? It could be something very, very minuscule. I mm-hmm. see this all the time with my clients and within myself. Very, very insignificant mm-hmm. events 
actually impact you as a child mm-hmm. far more than you had any idea. Mm-hmm. Far more. And I would say those are more frequent because, and then what happens is people end up gaslighting themselves yes. because, well, I wasn't raped. Yes. My dad didn't leave. Yes. Both of my parents were in the house. They both loved me. They tucked me in and read me stories. Like, I have no reason to feel this way. thousand percent. And they, they gaslight themselves into not having the feelings because it wasn't bad enough. Yes. Because it's not what you would see on Law and Order SVU yes. or what you see on 60 Minutes. And it's like, it doesn't very both people two people can have very significant trauma right. and you don't have to compare them it's no. about the impact your nervous system has as a result of the event that occurred and guess what more often than not unless it's like a big t trauma more often than not the person that was also involved in that traumatic event it was like another tuesday afternoon for them yep they don't remember it they don't remember it. and that doesn't mean they don't love you no. It doesn't mean that they're they wish poor like bad things on you. It's literally they had no idea that that was the impact of what they were doing. Right. And quite frankly, if they did know, there's no way that they would have done what they did. No, in fact, it's probably a, the opposite of it's it's them loving not too much, but loving in a way that they believe mm-hmm. is the correct mm-hmm. way to extend mm-hmm. love. Yeah, right. And the whole like children are meant to be seen and not heard, like that's been generations and generations mm-hmm. and generations. It's mm-hmm. so, like our parents gave us way more emotional autonomy than they were ever given, you know? Oh, and yeah. and our children are gonna have more emotional autonomy than we were given. Absolutely. And it hopefully continues to get better and better so that people can reflect more and have more of that radical responsibility. But I think when it comes down to what is radical responsibility and how do I practice it, mm-hmm. you know? What I think you need to do is I think you need to first pause. What's going on? And it's easier to pause when it's when you're in an environment that you don't like because you are pushed to change, yep. you know, versus an environment that you are happy with because you're like, well, I don't want to change this, you know? Right. It's hard to be reflective on those moments to be like, what did I do that made this really good? But I encourage people to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But in those environments when things are like, you know, it's bad enough that you are ready for change. Mm-hmm just kind of take a moment to pause and just sort of reflect, okay, what could, what, what components did I put in play here that allowed this to happen? And you don't have to share it with anybody. Don't lie to yourself because you're just never, you're never going to find the answers that way, but being completely open and honest with yourself without blaming, without blaming, without blaming, without judgment, just recognizing, okay, these are the things that I did. I didn't properly set expectations. Mm -hmm. I didn't set a boundary when I knew that this was going to be a rough day for me. Mm -hmm. I allowed this person to keep pushing past my boundaries that I set because I didn't want to make them upset. Okay, why might I have done that? All right, because I'm afraid that if I did set that boundary, that this person won't want to be my friend anymore or that I'm going to make my family member upset with me Mm -hmm. and I'm afraid they're not going to love me if I don't act the way that they're used to me acting. Or I'm afraid that, you know, everybody on, you know, all of my neighbors are going to think that I'm not a good parent because I'm never home when my kids get home from school. Or I, you know, I'm afraid that my my parents are going to think that I'm doing a terrible job raising my children because I let them speak their mind. So when we're around my parents, I, I don't let my children do that, mm-hmm. even though they're allowed to do that when it's just us, yep. you know? And I'm setting unclear expectations here. Absolutely. And then when you can start to kind of reflect, okay, 
is that, is that really the way I want to live my life? Mm-hmm. Is that really what I want to be doing? And can I give myself compassion and forgiveness for setting up this environment? And that, it's like if you have a hard time kind of doing that, which that was really hard for me to show compassion for myself, way easier to show compassion for other people. So oh, my gosh. Like I could put my story in any one of my my siblings or mm-hmm. neighbors or uh, soccer parents or whoever, any of them, I could put my same story in their mouth and my compassion would be through, like, you are doing the best you can. Yep. Like, it is totally understandable that that happened and I'm sorry that this happened and I'm, I'm sorry that you're going through this right now um, and what can I do to support you? Mm-hmm. But if it's me, oh, no, girl. Oh, no. no, you need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do it, who else is going to do it? Shame. Yeah. It's all of that. And so just like if you don't, if you have a hard time finding compassion for yourself, again, this is one of those times where you want to bring in a professional who can help you. Mm-hmm. You want to bring in a counselor or a therapist, somebody or a coach, somebody can, who can help you dig deep into those moments of why is it so hard for you to love yourself? Because it is not uncommon. A lot of us have that. And when you think you finally have gotten through that, you're like, okay, I can handle this better. I'm doing this better with my own kids, or I'm doing this better with work, or I'm doing this better with my spouse, or with my my roommate, or whatever the case is. Guess what? It's going to show up in another part of your life, you know? Yeah. It's just going to keep, yeah, it's going to just keep showing up because it's a deep-seated pattern. Absolutely. And it's like, that's why there's not really an end point. No to personal growth. That's why radical responsibility can keep you on that path of living in your truest and highest self mm-hmm. and also continuing to grow because the path doesn't end. It's just going to keep showing up. And what the cool thing is about it is because I, I feel like that can be a little bit doomsday. It's always going to be the same thing over and over again. It can sound a little like, why would I even try then? Right. Because what's going to happen is, is you're going to notice the things in your life are so much better. The things in your life are so much better. You're so much happier. Your relationships are so much full, more full. You're so, like, filled with love and joy, and it's going to feel amazing. And then other things are going to come your way, things that are going to, you know, just expand your heart so exponentially. And when you are on that growth edge, you use that term a lot, that that really difficult time that is essential for it to happen in order for you to get the really good stuff that's coming later, um, that stuff's going to pop up again yep. and it's going to pop up in just a little bit different environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all of a sudden your small crafting business that was making a thousand dollars a month is now making $15,000 a month. And how do I outsource and how can I, how can I bring in people to come and help me with all these things? And how can I still set boundaries for them so that we can continue to grow and I don't go back into my people pleasing patterns because when it was just me, it was really easy to do that. But now I'm with a team, right? Yes. Or if you're a single parent, right, and you are learning these things within the dating world, but now you've married this other person who brings other children into the family, and now life is so much more full. It's so amazing and so wonderful, but there's a different dynamic here, mm-hmm. right? So now can I pull in that radical responsibility yes. into this new, better environment? Yes. So it's as long as you keep making the progress – better and better things are going to come into the into your life but 
those same things are going to keep creeping up in these more complex scenarios. And that's why getting really good at this stuff can be so helpful because then it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be judgmental, you know? Like, it was a crappy day. Your first day of vacation was a crappy day. Crappy day. Crappy day, right? Ended great. Ended great. Started out crappy. Yeah. And because because of of you. Because of me. And you trying to protect everybody else from having an emotional response, even though they were all just chilling. They were like, what is the deal with Chelsea right now? Right. Right? But what's going to be really cool is that, like, you guys can go on more complex vacations, right. maybe go to a different country where now we're dealing with international flights and in language we can't speak, exactly. and see amazing things that you can't see here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if you were to allow yourself to stay in that environment that you were for the first part of that day, mm-hmm. we're not doing family vacations anymore. No. I'm not putting myself through that. No, this was ridiculous. Everybody yes. had a great time, and I was just stuck here doing everything for everybody else. Uh-huh. And that's not where you want to be, no. right? So that's the beauty of radical responsibility. I love that you also <clears throat> mentioned excitement. Mm-hmm. And the story about Ryan is, mm-hmm. like, so great because I actually see this dynamic play out a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to excitement and joy and good things. So often I feel like when we talk about personal work, the doom and gloom is what people see, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't... Well, I don't want to be I'm, like this anymore. Yeah, and if I'm digging into my shadow, then I'm always going to be focusing on what's wrong with me and la, 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 right? No. But it's it's also seeing that it's not just about the shadow. Mm-hmm. It's also about the joy and the excitement and that you could be self-sabotaging your joy and excitement. I'm the most notorious for this, and I can't tell you how many of my clients we have found this dynamic to be a huge role and then been able to see it within their children as well your nervous system has a difficult time dealing with extremes of any kind, mm-hmm. whether it's a negative or a positive. And so it is very, very easy for us to get so excited about things that we self-sabotage and it's no fun anymore, right? You get so excited to have fun that you ruin the fun, mm-hmm. whether it's because you're anxious and irritable and yelling at everyone or it's because you're you know, too anxious to even leave, mm-hmm. too anxious to go do the thing that you wanted to do in the first place because of all the other reasons mm-hmm. that you've now mm-hmm. identified would make it worse, right? Yeah. And the Or you build it up in your mind so much yes. that other people don't play the role they were supposed to play yes. in the story you were telling yourself. Yes, exactly. Like, I have tried so hard. I have planned this, you know, seven-activity day for me and my family And because my toddlers aren't listening or because my husband didn't eat food and now he's grumpy, everything is Mm -hmm. gone. Everything is, is, is a loss. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's having the ability to identify that even in those moments, what's happening is your nervous system is overwhelmed because you put so much pressure on the experience of this joy and this excitement and this fun that we didn't have compassion for ourselves in that moment. We didn't say, oh, hold on a second. You're getting a little excited. Mm-hmm. And that excitement is a little overwhelming for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe we need to take a deep breath and come back to center and remember that the intention behind the plans that we made, mm-hmm. the intention and the energy, the connection, the opportunity, the experience is actually what this is about. And it's not about the plan that you so well drafted in your head that had everybody playing their role very perfectly and specifically because ultimately you don't have control over that Mm -mm. and you never will. Nope. 
never will. And that's the most difficult lesson, mm -hmm. but it's the most freeing lesson as well. Mm -hmm. Identifying that even in places of joy and excitement, that you're not in control of their experience at all. And you're not in control of their beliefs and their behaviors and what they decide to do. Mm -hmm. You are a witness, and that's incredibly difficult when you feel like you have the answers or you feel like you, you are used to being the one that has the answers or you're used to being the one that everybody goes to. You're the emotional regulator in your family. You're the primary parent who sets up all of the things or whatever it is, right? You get used to this role and used to the way that you've been able to cope and the way that you've been able to emote and experience. Mm -hmm. And when we don't get to show up in that very specific role that we're used to, there's a lot of guilt and shame that happens with that as well. And having that compassion for yourself to see that you were excited, you were looking forward to something, and having compassion for yourself in that moment, identifying that, and identifying that within your children as well, mm -hmm. because then that gives you compassion for them. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many times where I hear stories that they're like, you know, this kiddo is super passionate about this. We were looking forward to this event for months and we get to the show and he can't go he can't do it it's too much and a lot of times what happens is parents they freak out and they mm -hmm. they they're like something's wrong I did something wrong or he's just not listening or mm -hmm. they're just not cooperating or mm -hmm. you know it, it's it how dare I mm -hmm. right oh, we already bought the present we, we already, already bought, bought the tickets, tickets. we already got to do this, this you know yes, come exactly. on do you really want to miss this opportunity right. after you've been so excited about it right and so I'm just being like ooh, this feels too big for today I see that I see yeah. that that feels too big for today do you want to maybe try it half like at intermission Right. Do you want to try going a little bit later? Do you want to maybe give it a try and see if it's too much, then we'll leave? Mm -hmm. You know, and just giving them options, yes. you know, and letting them say, like, oh, it's okay that I feel this way. Yes. And we see this, I mean, anybody who spends any time around little, like, around, uh, not even little kids, anybody who spends time around children, and you're, like, trying to plan a really fun day, and then it ends up ending in, like, hot, tired... Tears. Tears. Chaos. And you're Fighting. just, like why did I even try? Yeah. Like, and there's, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. There have been times in my parenting, luckily not nearly as frequently as it was years ago, where it would be like, I would lay on the guilt and shame to them because they should be appreciative of what I just went through. Yes. When really in what needs to happen is I need to just let go of the fact that we did this. I planned this experiment experience we had the experience, and they can have whatever experience they want within that. Yeah. I don't need to ask for gratitude. I don't need to ask for them to just pretend they're having a good time. I know in my heart I tried to plan something fun for them. Mm -hmm. Today wasn't the day. And I can set a boundary and just say, you know what, guys? I'm feeling a little bit bummed about how the way this ended. I know everyone needs their own space right now, but I'm going to go for a walk when we get home. Um, anybody's welcome to come with me if they want to. And if you don't want to, that's fine. You know, mm -hmm. taking walks in our family is usually a pretty good reset. It pushes bedtime quite a bit. And all of a sudden our neighbors like are trying to wrap up for the night and they see us like walking at like 930 at night, like one child at a time kind of thing. <laughs> but it's just kind of like, it. it's like, we just need a little emotional regulation, need a little bit of grounding. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but 
just as parents sort of just saying like, okay, I don't need to own their emotions, but I can show them how to process their emotions. I can tell like I'm feeling angry that I just spent time, money, energy doing something that I thought would be super fun for them. Went putt-putting, we got ice cream, like we wouldn't typically spend all this money unless we were on a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, I took off work to do this thing, mm-hmm. um, we drove all the way downtown for this show and battled traffic for this, yes. bought new pants for them to wear dressy pants for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever the case is, you chose to do that as a parent. Right. You chose to. That's the end of it. You do not get to dictate what their reaction is throughout the course of it. Mm-hmm. You only get to dictate your own mm-hmm. and being, again, more emotionally responsible than your children are and just letting them know, okay, I need some time because I'm feeling a little bit not great about this situation. Mm-hmm. What do you need? You know? Right. So. I love that, that. I love that example because it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I feel like we are great at thinking that we know what other people need mm-hmm. also, right? That that moment of when you are the one that usually has the ability to read the room and make mm-hmm. sure everybody, you know, is on great mm-hmm. vibes or whatever it is. I feel like especially at the end of the event, it, it's very easy for parents to even like feel like they're doing a great job mm-hmm. and that the day has gone well and then one thing goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's ruined the whole day, mm-hmm. right? Instead of having compassion for themselves to see, hey, look at all the fun that they experienced before that. Mm-hmm. This one detail isn't actually going to make or break right. their experience. Right. It's making or breaking your experience exactly. right now. And the energy that you're feeling, the overwhelm that you're feeling, is not just that you thought you were excited or that you put these intentions and that this is how you're feeling about it. You're actually literally feeling so poorly about it because you were trying to make sure they all have such a great Mm -hmm. time. And that's not in your control. Nope. Nope. And I noticed, like, there's a lot of times that I, I see this a lot where it's like, after an event or whatever, did you have so much fun? And then it's like okay, well, now we're telling them they they had to have fun, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of leaving it more open-ended. Like, hey, what'd you think? Mm -hmm. What was your favorite part? What was your least favorite part? Do you think you'd want to do that again? You know, like just asking them more open-ended questions instead of trying to dictate for them what their emotions should be. Because then if they were like, yeah, I didn't really like it. Well, I'm so glad we spent so much time on this. Then great, you know, like now, now we're in a really negative space. Instead of just accepting that, like, hey, as a parent, I've chosen to do this thing for my kids and leave it at that. It's like with the manifestation stuff that we Mm -hmm. talked about before. Think about it. Put it out there. Put your intentions towards it. And then leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Let what's going to happen happen. Because when we start putting those expectations on it, then we're checking in. Wasn't that so funny? Didn't you really like that part? Let them enjoy their time. Leave them alone. Honestly, I even like that, like that you're saying that and how beautiful that is in this podcast, because when we sit here and have these conversations with each other Mm -hmm. and with the brilliant guests that we've brought on, Mm -hmm. we're not here to control the experience of the audience Mm -hmm. by any means. You could be sitting here and listening and saying, what in the world just came out of their mouths? Mm -hmm. That sounds like a whole different foreign language that doesn't exist and isn't written, whatever it is, right? Right, right. 
you as the listener have the ability to take what lands for you, Mm -hmm. take what feels good for you, what feels like it helps you, what feels like it makes you feel seen or validated, and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. We are not at all sitting here believing that we are creating beliefs for you and emotions for you and telling you how to experience these episodes. Our goal here, the intention behind it, is to offer authentic experiences and Mm -hmm. authentic connection where people can share their story and allow that story to be heard by the masses who can find their own meaning Mm -hmm. and their own little you know, pocket of it, pocket of it that helps them and that helps them mm-hmm. feel seen and that helps them feel validated. Yeah. Even you could go back to very specific guests, mm-hmm. right? Amanda, mm-hmm. people could listen to her stories and say, that still seems so very unsafe. I'm still very concerned about the fact that she's traveling internationally and doesn't know whether or not the trains have handicap mm-hmm. access, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, Mm-hmm. You can listen to it and you can understand that mm-hmm. her experience is her experience and you can see mm-hmm. that there's space for you mm-hmm. to even get out of your own way mm-hmm. and have that courage and that bravery and that you don't have to be in that place of fear mm-hmm. and self-limiting beliefs. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's 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 something that I think our culture as a whole really could benefit from embracing this more often because we do a lot of finding confidence and security and like solidity when we can identify that our way is right and that your way is wrong. Mm -hmm. That, that brings comfort to our nervous system. And the paradigm shift that's happening is that there is no wrong or right. Right. There's a right for you. There's a right for you. Yes. There's a wrong for you. Yep. And that wrong for you is solely just dictated by how you feel about it. Mm-hmm. It's not the wrong decision. Mm-mm. It's how you feel about that decision. Yep. So if you made it from the wrong place, from the place of worrying about everybody else's emotions and how everybody else is going to feel about it, then you probably made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. our society doesn't allow that open-minded, open platform, really, to to connect with others. And I think that that's something that we're trying to foster in this Mm -hmm. podcast as well, is to identify that a lot of the issues that we come up against as a society and as a culture could be dealt with compassion and love in a way that doesn't have to be so rigid and... By allowing others' experience to exist without that weight of the wrong or right and whether or not it lands for you and you believe it, that you're releasing the ownership and the control that you have over someone else's experience Mm -hmm. and that there is unlimited knowledge that you can tap into by identifying that witnessing that experience is actually all that you're supposed to do. You weren't at all supposed to create meaning behind it. Right, right. I think that it's really important for people to recognize that 
we are here to not to believe if somebody's story is true or not. It is to believe that they believe their story is true. Mm -hmm. And what can we learn from their belief in their story? Because we, you know, if we have learned anything from like the racial justice movement, it's like two people of two different races can be together in the same exact environment and have completely different experiences. Mm -hmm. And it is not for one person to tell the other person what they experienced. Mm -hmm. Your experience is true. And it doesn't, people don't get to tell you that you're right or wrong if that is what you are experiencing. What we are hoping to do is to use people's experiences and how they, how they have grown through life Mm -hmm. and can that be applicable to you? We have very strong belief that life does happen for you, not to you. And so if you do listen, or if you do have, you know, an experience with a spouse or a family member or a friend that just feels like really heavy and you're like, God, why is this happening? This is horrible. It's happening for you. There's something to learn. If you make the assumption that everything that is put in front of you is there for your benefit, completely changes the light and it completely changes the meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are sometimes that I'll like listen to something and be like, yeah, this isn't really a topic I want to listen to. And then there is something that happens in that. I was like, oh my heavens, that is exactly what I needed right now. Mm-hmm. That is like, they might be talking about, you know, who knows what, and it applies to me on this totally other topic. Right. It has nothing to do really with what they're talking about Absolutely. or what they're experiencing. Absolutely. So we've had some fantastic guests this, this season. We've talked about, you know, spiritual awakenings and collaborative medical care and getting back to joy and love in your life with yourself, Mm -hmm. with your children. Um, We've talked about breaking free of standards of work environments and creating abundance and creating a life for yourself that feels absolutely amazing and fulfilling. Um, And we want to make sure that we continue to provide people with what it is that they want to listen to. We want to bring stuff to people that they want to hear more of. Chelsea and I talk a lot about the stuff that we think is really important, but is there something that we haven't covered that you would really like to listen to? Or do you have somebody that you're like, oh my gosh, like you've got to have this guest on your podcast. We've got to hear more about them and and what's going on in their world. Absolutely. Send us a message. Um, Let us know who it is that you are interested in, why we should talk to them, and we will definitely do what we can to get them on the podcast so we can start bringing more and more amazing humans into your lives and just kind of continuing to open up the minds. Um, Coming in season two, there are going to be some changes. Chelsea and I are going to be doing a little bit more kind of this one-on-one chatting. Um, Hopefully, we'll make it a little bit more concise and easier to digest versus the long and rambling version that we have given you today. So also an added little tidbit is that starting this weekend, um, we have partnered with Becca Dodmead. Everybody can go and listen to her episode, but she was the incredible nurse um, with the crazy medical story who has decided to use her medical experience to start up a foundation um, where she does fundraising for other people, which is really awesome through her artwork. So it's a great program called Artisans for Good, and we have partnered with her to make um, 
the Healing Art of Being You podcast hats and some merchandise coming out. And so we are going to have a store open for that soon that if you do go out and get a hat or any other merchandise, that will be something that will go towards Artisans for Good. And right now she's currently helping um, with the medical expenses of a sweet little baby girl who got a new heart transplant. Mm. So they're helping pay off those medical bills. So if you, um, if you want to support the podcast, if you want to support Artisans for Good, um, keep an eye open for those details. And then we will all be back at the beginning of August, August 4th, we believe, um, with more just more love and light and bringing great and wonderful things to everybody. Um, that's all I have. Chelsea, got anything else for yeah, you? I just want to say that if you guys have any questions, if there's any, you know, lived experiences or, um, moments that you've been like, Oh, I heard them talking about this in the podcast and then this happened and it was so crazy. And I, how do you deal with this when this happens? Let us know. We are happy to take any any feedback if it's a question if it's a comment if it's a story anything and we'd love to know what you are taking away from these what you're taking away from the stories that we're able to share and if there is more that you would like to see please feel free to reach out and let us know and we would be happy to answer those questions in a podcast episode and really bring you the wisdom that we have cultivated here and help make it full circle yep yep Well, with that being said, we are going to go ahead and sign off on season one of the Healing Art of Being You podcast. So we hope that everybody has a fantastic month or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And we hope that everyone just continues to open your mind, feed the soul, and heal the body. And we love you all, and we will see you very soon. Bye-bye, friends. Bye. Thanks for sticking around for this incredible connection. I hope this conversation has brought you some of the tools and revelations that you need to take back some ownership and authority in your own life. And with that, friends, it's time to bring this magical first season to an end. It's been an awe-inspiring journey, delving into the depths of our inner selves and exploring all these uniquely powerful avenues towards unlocking the boundless potential that lies within each and every one of us. Don't forget to check out the show notes below for more ways you can connect and grow with us and follow the links to see what awesome new merchandise we have live on our shop page in collaboration with Artisans for Good. Follow us on social media to stay in touch over the break and subscribe so that you can be notified when we come back. I can't tell you how incredibly appreciated you are. We are so grateful for all of your unwavering support, your open hearts, and your willingness to embrace the unknown. We're so glad you're here with us on this quest to understand the intricate tapestry that connects mind, body, and spirit. Until next time, this has been The Healing Art of Being You, sending you off with love and light.